good listeners welcome to the chris collins show millennial talk show bunker edition marissa and i we're excited because it's our hundredth episode how's it going marissa it is going fabulous i love it 100 episodes isn't that insane we we can finally say to people we keep it 100 okay (laughs) we're in the 100 club exactly (laughs) and you know we always like to start off the show by giving you guys some of these cool historic anecdotes that have happened in the past on this day so 47 years ago kiss released their first album which is pretty gnarly and also one of my favorite guitarists black sabbaths tony iomi was born in birmingham england today in 1948 and also i thought this was kind of fascinating for all the soccer fans out there in 1910 manchester united played their first game ever that's pretty wild man you right but we've got a great show for everybody because marissa and i are celebrating our hundredth episode by looking back at our favorite moments from the first eight seasons of the chris collins show millennial talk show also don't forget to check out our brand new youtube episode drop featuring strike a chord artist indie pop star Chloe Wilder, and I also saw she got a huge shout out from MTV this week. So I mean, kudos to her. I know where she's he's going. He's, it's, he's on it, MTV. That's a big, big deal. But all right, Marissa, it's time to rock and roll. All right, everybody, it's time to wake up because this is hashtag TLDR. Too long, don't read. Marissa and I, we did all the reading for you, so you didn't have to do it. In an article from NPR titled, Millions Still Without Power as Winter Storm Wallops Texas by Braxton Booker. Nearly 3 million homes and businesses in Texas remain without power, some for a fourth consecutive day as severe winter weather continues to pummel the state. Some counties have even issued boil water notices and urging residents to reduce their electricity usage. As Republicans blame frozen turbines on progressives pushing for a Green New Deal, Democrats are pointing the finger at Republicans for taking zero accountability when the state's dominant political party has been red since the 1990s. And if there's anything that we've learned this week in Texas, Not even Greta Thunberg knows what the climate will look like in the future. So, Marissa, can our politicians please, (laughs) please stop fear-mongering and bring relief to the American people suffering from this travesty? So, what's your thoughts on all this? (laughs) Well, I think Ted Cruz stopped doing fear-mongering, seeing as he went to Cancun with his family, and it was not a pre-planned trip. They did it right the cold house and backlash hit so bad that he flew back the very next morning he was scheduled to fly back saturday afternoon so uh yeah not too happy yeah, i mean but, you know it's funny that you mentioned that because i know democrats were calling him out you know obviously because he voted against hurricane sandy relief and now that he's asking biden for help and then goes and takes a vacation to cancun maybe he's got the nice orange tan who knows maybe he got caught some sun but Let's not uh, use this opportunity, Democrats, just because Ted Cruz is a dumbass then and he's a dumbass now. Let's still bring relief and let's not play this two political party nonsense, in my opinion. Well, and also, I find it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'll just say what I found out was interesting was um, they were trying to save money from doing the insulation for the pipelines. And they were investing 10% towards like the Green New Deal and having all that said. But like, who thought Texas would actually freeze? So in a way, it's like they're trying yeah. to get money because they're like, well, we're never going to freeze. But now like, oh, snap, I guess we should insulate our pipes. Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, the thing is, heavy snowfall and ice storms and bitter temperatures continue to put enormous strain on the state's power grid, which manage roughly 75% of Texans in the Lone Star State. All right, we all hate losing, me especially, and I'm not alone in this because the tennis goat, Serena Williams, hates it too. 
But then an article from BuzzFeed titled, Serena Williams stopped a press conference and left the room in tears after questions and rumors about her retirement by Ben Henry. When asked if it was a farewell, Serena gave a wry laugh and added, I don't know, if I ever say farewell, I wouldn't tell anyone. However, despite seeming in good spirits when she gave the answer, seconds later, Serena fought back tears and quickly put an end to the questions, tearfully saying, I'm done. Look, my heart goes out to you, Serena, but I wouldn't count her out yet. I mean, just like Tom Brady, it seems like age is just a number because she is in peak physical shape at 39. Girl. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, who do you peg as the next one to step up and take over if Serena does retire? How am I supposed to know that? I don't really follow too much of the women's tennis, just to be real with all the listening audience. But you know what I find a really fun debate that a lot of people talk about uh -huh. is who is the real goat of all sports? Is it Tom Brady or is it Serena Williams? What do you of, think? Lisa? Of all sports? Like, of who's all, the, the yeah, best? like. Yeah, like who who's is the, the guy goat? that played? Who's the guy? I'm just with Blake now that just played all three sports. Uh, sports. He did like basketball, uh, football, about, and like, baseball. Who was he back in the '90s? Well, I know one of them was Deion Sanders. No? Uh, he played baseball and football. Uh, well, I'm blanking out, but I mean, if you're gonna do those two, <laughs> I mean, you just had seven Super Bowl wins with Tom Brady. Serena Williams has won over 43 titles, I believe. If like, I had that's pick insane. Between, if I had to pick between the two. I would go with Serena Williams. I feel she's accomplished a lot. Um, also, like, I'm always going to be down for a female to have it. But if she retires, look out for who beat her. Naomi Osaka, she, uh, yeah. Kobe Bryant was her mentor, right? Mumba, like, she channels that energy. This young woman at 23 is going to revolutionize how we see women and tennis and women in sports, period. Absolutely. And, it, you know, I said 47. That's not correct. Serena Williams has the most Grand Slam titles of all time, and that's a total of 23 Grand Slam tournament victories. That's pretty insane. I don't know too many people that are going to pull off that milestone anytime <laughs> soon in our generation. So that's Well, really I predict we will see Serena Williams back to claim her 24th Grand Slam title in 2022. In an article from AOL titled, In Surprise Move, Facebook Blocks News Access in Australia by Rod McGerwick. In a shocking retaliatory move on Thursday, Facebook blocked Australians from sharing news stories, escalating a fight with the government over whether tech companies should have to pay news organizations for content. So Australia's government condemned the step, which blocked some government communications, including messages about emergency services and some commercial pages. This massive whack from Facebook in response to the proposed media bargaining laws that would see social media platforms pay Australian news outlets for content shared on their sites. But it's not the main game. I'll tell you why. The real game Deputy Speaker, is that these big tech companies, as well as other multinationals, don't pay their fair share of tax to our nation. They offshore, they debt load on subsidiaries, they price transfer, all tricks to avoid paying their fair share of tax. And, you know, the thing is, listeners, uh, if these tech giants can take the President of the United States off their platform, then no government in the world can stop them. So the Pandora's box has already been unleashed, and Marissa... Should Americans continue to view Facebook as just a private company that can do what it likes? I mean, okay. what's your thoughts? It is a private company that can do what it likes. I mean, that's unfortunately the reality of the situation. It cut off emergency oh. communications in the whole country. Okay, if you are only getting your news from Facebook, that's a problem. Look, I'm not agreeing with the sense that Mark doesn't want to pay. I mean, actually, I do agree the sense he doesn't want to pay stuff. Like, I understand that. But if you're only going to Facebook for your source, there is an issue. Okay, right here. And blaming him for that, I don't, I don't think that's fair. I think we are, though, seeing the death throes of Facebook. If I wasn't trying to be acting, doing the show with you, um, hustle, bustle, doing all that stuff, I wouldn't be on Facebook. 
I don't like Facebook. (laughs) Well, most people don't. I mean, uh, my whole thing with this whole situation was I did find it a little alarming that the Australian government was asking to have to pay for content for journalists. I find that kind of strange. But the reason why they wanted to have journalism start getting paid to on their platform is Facebook only paid $580 million in Australian taxes. Uh, Oh, no, they made $580 million, but only paid $15 million in taxes. So that's three cents to the dollar, which is insane. So I know Prime Minister Scott Morrison lashed out on his own Facebook page writing, these actions will only confirm that the concerns that an increasing number of countries are expressing about the behavior of big tech companies who think they are bigger than governments and that the rules should not apply to them. They may be changing the world, but that doesn't mean they run it. Hey, what's good, listeners? This is Just Talking, and today, Marissa and I will dig deep into the past, taking a trip down memory lane as we revisit guest interviews from our first eight seasons of the Chris College Show, Millennial Talk Show. So our very first one up on this day, October 12th, 2019 marissa pitts joins the show as my official co-host actually i believe that was that 2019 it feels like it was like wait it must have been no it's 2018 2018 why the hell do i have it on the note see that was a test for you because i wanted to see when you came on in 2018 it was that's how insane and how far back we've gone and the reason why i chose this because this was our first in-studio interview at 22 West Radio was Jacob Tillman. He was an executive producer of D-Inked and winner of Best Documentary Film in 2018's Hollywood Independent Filmmaker Awards and Festivals on the Development of Laser Tattoo Removal Technology. So I think this is this is the one thing that you kind of brought up a good point because it's like, I always thought laser removal will completely take the tattoo out. It can. It can. Mm -hmm. Depending on what color it is. Yeah. That's the interesting point. Black, it'll come off, no problem. I never. Yeah, it's it's where the inks live in your skin as well. Like black is actually Mm. closest to the top. That's why it is isolated and and, uh, easy to go away the quickest. So, but um, something like like white, uh, it's a laser. So if you think of a color wheel, I have red in my rose. They, yeah. It would actually use a green laser to mm-hmm. to get that rid of the red. Oh, interesting. So it's, it's just, but white, it has nothing to reflect off of. So it literally has a hard time. It, 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 right now, they don't have a cure for that. So, <laughs> Oh, that's very yeah. promising for all the tattoos. <laughs> yeah. You're not convincing me to get a tattoo. Let I'm me convincing just you to right. cover up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, that's always so funny because, you know, instead of reliving the pain of removing a tattoo again co-host marissa pitts got a new piece of artwork on her leg during the pandemic so she has provided us a photo so obviously you don't mind having blue and green inks in your body so i'm assuming your time under the scope of a laser is done (laughs) yeah you know um as i kind of said on that show i actually um keloid scar so I did start doing some laser tattoo removal on my arm and it started scarring. Nothing to do with the doctor, mm. just how I heal. So I had to stop and I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna be doing a lot of cover-ups. And the funny part is I'm adding white to my back tattoo. Oh my God. Well, that was the big thing I, like I remember learning. Tillman said, you know, about a, over two plus years ago. He said most people get laser removal because they just wanna use it for later on to cover up the tattoo. It's not to completely remove it. So it's just yeah, I mean, they're addicting. I'm going to continue to get more. I love them. You know, what can I say? And the cool thing about that, too, was right after that interview, Jacob Tillman gave me a free ticket. and We went to go see uh, Bullet for my Valentine. First time I met him. Then I met him later that day in Hollywood. We went to the Will Turnsall Bullet for my Valentine, which was incredible. So shout out to you, man. I will never forget that. (laughs) But moving on, uh, with Black Lives Matter and the Summer of Love gaining an increasing amount of attention last summer, on July 3rd, 2020, co-founder of At The Wells Ministries, Bevelyn Beatty, joined Just Talking to disclose why she is against the Black Lives Matter movement and why America isn't experiencing a civil rights movement 
2.0. No matter what color they are, tell them the truth. If it's like, listen, I don't want to hang with you. Not because you're black, but it's because you be stealing. I'm not interested. You're trifling. You don't take care of your kids. You don't do this. You don't do that. I don't want to roll with you. I mean, I feel like white people are so quick to want to defend themselves rather than tell the truth. They, they, they're going to find themselves just playing ping pong with the wall. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much you ping pong and try to defend yourself, if they hate you and they're racist because you're white, there's nothing you can say to change that. So at the end of the day, it's like, listen, if you cool and we, we got the same moral foundation, we rolling. But if you're not, then I don't want to hang with you. I don't care if you blue, black, blue, purple, orange. If you black, now I have a black body suit. I'm black. But I, my, my life and my soul and my identity is not in my color. Let's be real. You have certain people that are the same color as you that like to raise kids. They like to steal. They like to lie. Does that mean that we're, we're brother and sister and we roll together? Our moralistic foundation is not the same. My brethren is based off of character. That's what the Bible says. My mother and brother. So Bevel and BT went on to become one of our most popular interviews today. And I have to give her a huge shout out because she was on the move. Like she was on, like state to state driving around. She still kept to her word. And we had the interview, which was incredible because, again, it was one of our most popular interviews to date. And, you know, even though I didn't agree with everything Bevelin said during that interview, I think that we could still have a conversation uh in 2020 and hopefully in the future because to me we're in the era of where the art of conversation is dead so marissa what have you taken away from this interview so um she was to me like my own personal beliefs one of the most contentious guests we've had on here um and going through like you know the homophobia is a yeah, huge yeah. issue with me like huge issue um i do i i can understand you know, uh, where some of her, her mindset is, it doesn't mean I agree with it. And I think what I took away the most from here is just being able to have someone who I don't believe with most of what she says and be able to still have a conversation. And that's how I learn. I listen to another side. I think about my background, where I'm coming from, my, mor my moral belief, and then I can either agree or disagree and move on. Right. And right. have that discussion, because if I only listen to people who are agreeing with me, then where is the debate? Where is the growth? Like philosophers just sit there and disagree with each other and have an actual debate and grow out of that. So um, that was like, well, I grew up. I, 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 I like that we can actually have guests on that we don't have to agree with and be able to have a substance conversation and still have our own opinion with the guests. Yeah, I mean, it's like that fun joke that we used to, we always uh, joke around in private, you know, it's like, what do you call a bunch of white people in a room together? A podcast, because then everybody would just be agreeing with each other 24-7. But you know what was kind of wild about this interview? Literally a week, the next week after we just did the interview, uh, Bevelyn Beatty goes on to go to Trump Tower in New York, and she was the woman who threw black paint all over the Black Lives Matter mural outside of Trump Tower. And last week, New York Attorney General just filed a civil lawsuit against Bevelyn Beatty, who threw no that way. So uh, Not surprised! Not surprised, she's in the news. So if you want to check out that interview, it's on our YouTube channel. On November 8th, 2019, Vox film critic and CCS contributor Alyssa Wilkinson made her first appearance on our millennial talk show. And one of our favorite moments with Alyssa Wilkinson was her bold and correct prediction for the hottest film of 2019 before most people realized it would change Oscar history forever. So let's roll the clip. Hold on, I'm getting it. Um, Melissa, I just want to get right on into it because I know that you're returning back onto the Chris Collins show from last time when we spoke in November about mm -hmm. all these films out there. And I got to say, has there been any changes uh, to your mind for the hottest movie of the year? I honestly don't remember what I said in November, but I think the best one still for me is Parasite. That's what you said. About you, to... <laughs> yeah, you said it. Uh, it's I... still the movie of the year in a lot of ways, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's a... 
that's quite a bold prediction. I mean, especially when I, like, after that interview, Marissa, I remember, like, I literally went to go search it up because I remember my buddy Joe DePak from the cast of Color. Yeah. He mentioned it to me, like, you know, via text, like, dude, you got to see this film. No, it's really it's that popping. I'm going, fabulous. Dude, I-, I pulled the basic, you know, like, oh, it's foreign film. I don't know if I want to read. Like, do I really want to be more focused on the bottom third okay. of the screen? For having a, a degree in <laughs> film and television, can I just Wait, smack I just you right now? <laughs> no, I know, but I think that, you know, it's like what we mentioned on the show. I think mm-hmm. most millennials have uh, gotten used to watching foreign films. I think when we yeah. used to grow up, people used to dub English uh, voices on top of, you know, Asian actors or Mexican actors, horrible. whatever. And it, it just horrible. throws you out of the whole vibe of yeah. what the film's bringing because then you can't feel those emotions uh, or at least hear that tone coming out of their voice. So I thought that was kind of wild, but I did want to have some fun with you on this because okay. um, we're excited to announce that Alyssa Wilkinson will be joining us next Friday, February 26th for a forecast of the Golden Globes. And uh, Marissa, do you have any predictions so far on what? Okay, I go. I go. All right. Okay. So, um, I think it's between two of the films that are gonna. That's why I'm I'm debating on Mank and also Nomadland. I have a. Oh, I haven't feeling, seen that one yet. I have a feeling Nomadland is going to win. Um, it's slow, peeps. <laughs> and I feel like it's a movie made for old people because you're like thinking about, about life and, and you know, your memories and, and like, it's, it's, it's slow, but it's well done. It's beautiful for me as an older millennial. I can find the beauty in it because I am thinking that here's my child growing. Where's my life? But like, dude, if you're in the midst of your 25s and you want to like, I just want to go party, that one might be too slow. So yeah, we'll, see. Yeah. we'll see what Alyssa says. Well, I, well, just looking at this list, most of them are pretty slow, other than I would say The Trial of Chicago 7. Honestly, wow. none of these Fabulous films. Movie. So it was The Father, Mank, Nomad's Land, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial Funny. of Chicago 7. Honestly, none of them would have been my best picture, in my opinion. I would have said The Defy Bloods or either the new film that just got dropped, Judas and the Black Messiah. Well, I haven't seen film. that yet. You told uh, me that's really good. good film. Uh, but if I'm looking down at this list, I would have to say it would be the uh, trial of Chicago seven, in my opinion. All right, that was let's the find one. Out what I still have in. to watch two of the ones that I haven't seen. So don't take my word just yet. Study up and see us next Friday. You'll know my final thought. <laughs> I was doing I was doing the little sound, the sound thing. Oh, so you were blowing into the wind. <laughs> there <laughs> there <we go. laughs> I was like, why aren't you shutting up? <laughs> So obviously our listeners love fairies, boobs, demons, giants, and an ensemble unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And on October 19th, 2018, Marissa Pitts and I had the honor to interview voiceover anime icon Erica Harlacker, not just once, but twice on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. So here's one of our favorite moments with Erica Harlacker channeling in her blockbuster character, Princess Elizabeth from Netflix's Seven Deadly Sins. I like that. Why don't we have Marissa and Erica do something fun? You're you're doing this kind of porno scene and Princess Elizabeth walks into something. She has no idea what's going on. (laughs) Let's have Marissa. Let's have you start first. Why don't you cue some music, Marissa? Okay, let's get some music. I like (laughs) that. It's Thanksgiving. It's It's Thanksgiving here. It's a Thanksgiving stuffing. So um, when you want to stuff a turkey, all you have to do is get some butter. Oh. And you rub the butter all over the turkey skin so it's nice and oily. Oh, that's a very good tip. Thank you so much. Hang on, let me take some notes. Oh. Okay, so butter uh-huh, and butter. what else? And then you take the breadcrumbs and you grab oh. a fistful and you shove it all the way oh. up there. Go ahead and try. Uh, okay, uh, like this? weird oh, sure. oh a virgin a virgin <laughs> summer. Oh. We have a, who knew that princess elizabeth was a virgin this whole time and then arnie comes in and he's like no you're not supposed to use butter you're supposed to use my own sweat that's how you make the stuffing of turkey was that a good one that's all that i was got good. That was good. very good oh uh, okay i just got approval from erica harlacker my dreams have come Poor erica true. was like okay this is derailing 
You know what, Marissa? You try to get rid of my approval of Erica Harlacker right there. Why would you do that? Everybody okay. knows so, my dream. <laughs> so I felt so bad for Erica in the sense. I actually had to re reach out to her because like, so my go-to, I didn't realize you're going to make me do like a, a voice impression if I could have. I could like done like the Valley Girl. I mean, there's like so many different <laughs> things. Like I could do Russian. I mean, there's so many stuff I could do, right? But my go-to when I'm on the spot is always sexual. I don't know why. I just, that's how I improv. My improv is sexual. Well, maybe, so, uh, maybe pretty soon you might be starting an OnlyFans account because it's not just for um, nudies. Maybe you that can do some uh, ASMR and maybe you can- I just, I loved Erica. Because <laughs> the thing about Erica is she is game. She's great. But now that she's working with Disney, as we all know with the Mandalorian and yep, uh, right. getting cut, she has to be really uber careful with how she's being perceived in this sport. So she rolled up and she was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, we're derailing. We're derailing, <laughs> going sexual, what's happening? <laughs> hey, well, hey, listen, you know, if you're gonna be a part of a show called Seven Deadly Sins and know the kind of themes that are in that show, got to kind of expect some of that to be coming yes yeah, was definitely not disney approved definitely not so we know that erica harlacker's got a bunch of projects in the future so definitely look for our two uh episodes with her live on our youtube channel but check this out on october 23rd 2020 marissa and i hosted a jam-packed special premiere of the millennial vote 2020 discussing a variety of millennial issues ranging from affordable health care student loan debt education reform affordable housing law and order and term limits the episode had over 24,000 views so that's amazing so shout out to you the active listeners tuning on in because if you missed it here's a snippet of one of the many guests during the millennial vote 2020 so here is bitcoin billionaire and 2020 independent presidential candidate Brock Pierce with Washington Examiner journalist Eddie Scary speaking on how millennials are the sleeping giants of this world. And what should they be thinking about voting this November 3rd? Brock, let's start with you. Well, first of all, remember to vote. Remember to vote. That is your civil duty. It is your civil responsibility. 50% of the population of the planet is under the age of 35. The youth of this country are the sleeping giant. And when they wake up and they're ready for change, we're gonna get it. Remember to vote, remember to vote your conscience. And Eddie, I'd like to invite you, if you're in Washington, DC, I will be there on election night at my new house. If you'd like to join us, uh, please do so on November 3rd. Very cool, I like that. Hey, Eddie, so 30 seconds, uh, what do you wanna leave for the millennial audience uh, voting on November 3rd? Uh, well, yes, I would definitely like to join you. That would be fun. Um, and I appreciated so much of what you had to say. Um, I would be the one major disagreement I have is if you are not voting for Trump, do not remember to vote. Do not go out and vote. <laughs> um, that is why my book, that is why my book, go up and vote for Trump. Uh, why 2020 is your last chance to become an adult. Uh, I lay it all out. Um, again, you may not like the, the way the president tweets, the way he talks. You may not want him as your Thanksgiving dinner guest, um, but <laughs> growing up, it, it means voting for Trump because it's your future, it's your safety, it's your 401k, it's your children, and that's what you gotta do. Well, so Eddie, on that note, if you're saying, if you're not gonna vote for Trump, you know, you could conceivably say, well, then you should vote for Brock and a vote for Brock is a vote for your or for our future. No. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you guys you are guys too so nice. Much. Well, I want to thank you again, Brock Pierce, for joining the Chris Collins show and Eddie Scary as well. And much success for you guys moving forward. Thank you again for joining the Millennial Talk Show. I mean, those two guys, they're great. And we got lucky to actually have them on for season eight this season. Okay. So that was really cool. So please check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. They are phenomenal guys. Just real quickly, Eddie Scary. If you guys don't follow him on Twitter, I recommend it. I don't, once again, don't agree with probably half the stuff he says, but he is so witty. His sarcasm is so spot on that like, I mood. just chuckle and laugh <laughs> on a lot of his stuff. Like he slays me. Well, obviously millennials, including Gen Z, must have heard Brock Pierce's message because before the November election, young eligible voters turned out at a higher rate than 2016, playing a key role in tight races. So that is very cool. And also Joe Biden should uh, give some praise to millennials and Gen Z because they're one of the very core people that brought this newly elected president 
into the White House, which is pretty awesome. So here we go on February 21st, 2020, fossil excavator Harrison Duran joined the show to enlighten everyone on the importance of paleontology and its effect throughout the science community. And who knew our entire childhood had been a lie? <laughs> and when it came to the interpretation of the prehistoric beast, and yes, Jurassic Park is to blame for all of this. So let's give it a listen now. Are you on the side that <laughs> are dinosaurs colorful? are colorful? But I then need I to hear know. they're, they're feathery too. And are what they is feathery? What's, what is a dinosaur? <laughs> yes. I think the early part of the 20th century, they were perceived as or just similarly to reptiles today, right? Cold-blooded, yeah. slow-moving, lumbering. And more and more evidence has come out where we found out that they are, they are uh, you know, social. They were most likely warm-blooded. Birds are the most common what? descendants. And they were probably vibrantly colored. And some specimens, we could actually tell the color of the dinosaur. Which is pretty insane. And, you know, Marissa, my whole, I was thinking about this when I was looking back at all the old clips, especially with Harrison Duran. Uh, obviously, we know that the third film in the series, Jurassic World, is going to be dropping next year, I assume, unless they keep delaying these blockbuster films. But uh, do you think that they will correct their mistakes for the third film and we might be uh, surprised at what we see on the big screen? Okay, I don't think they'll correct their mistakes. They have to like rewrite <laughs> yeah, right. all of the Jurassic. I, I think but I'm with you I on that What I do hope that they do like focus on is dinosaurs' buttholes. Because we found oh, out yeah, you still that they that. do everything with their butthole. They give birth, they have sex with it, they poop with it. Like, I want a little bit of a dinosaur butthole in our new Jurassic Park. Well, maybe Goldman might uh, actually get dumped on this time around instead of <laughs> actually being on the outside of the turd. So, <laughs> so we still have plenty of time. That is so cool. And, you know, Harrison Duran, he's continuing to do his thing. So huge shout out. Check that episode out on our YouTube channel now. Uh, also, we did want to do this during the last minutes of just talking because we used to do a thing called Off Mic Monday, which is so groovy because it used to be a, a series featuring clips of random thoughts, lost causes, and behind the scenes moments inside a studio, not remotely. This, this is the part I missed the most about not being able to be in the same room with I you know. is our off mic shenanigans and then grabbing a beer after. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> go run over, go grab a beer, celebrate the success of the show and huge shout out. So let's have some fun with this. Let's take a look back at some of the best moments from Off Mic Monday. What's this thing, Bob? <laughs> That's your butt plug. That, oh. <laughs> well, it seems like it fits. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Every Friday is from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Right. Because if you want to see me, you can want to join. That was a lot of a higher. Yeah, yeah, you had a pro no, you had a problem with this issue, right? Like, why? Why wouldn't it be wet? Water's not wet. Why? In order for it to be wet, it means you gotta be able to dry it. You can't dry water. But doesn't it evaporate? It, it, evaporating isn't drying. So, yeah. what about, what about so dry when ice? I put my hand in a bucket of water, yeah, and then, then your arm out. is wet. Isn't it wet? But your how, arm is but wet. How does my arm become wet? For what reason is it wet? Because it's the water. Because <laughs> the water is a liquid. You can get it. You can so get it. So wet with liquid. But liquid isn't wet. In order for it no. to be wet, you gotta dry it. No, you not have to dry water. You can't dry yes, water. Can. Yeah, that's a mic check. Mic check. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If you like what you're hearing, go to chriscollinsshow.com or click the left. I think the link's that way. Yeah. <laughs> that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're dealing with amateur. <laughs> amateur. Like, not amateur. They run away. It's like I could destroy a hundred kindergartners. Or you give me a yeah. hundred kindergartners right now, I will level them. I can't. <laughs> I can't whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I will You will not survive the You have obviously not watched Pokemon. Why do you think that's you gonna be the apocalypse? <laughs> we have a virus that's spreading across the world like pancakes, and you're worried about ducks. Ducks now. Like, yeah, I think I, I think I'm done here. Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, what the burning. hell is wrong with you? Wasabi fumes. <laughs> <laughs> they hurt. 
<laughs> That's what I thought you were saying. That's funny that you said, I thought you were saying sit up, and then, because you were looking at me doing that, and then you looked at Marissa going, and I went, what the, is this a choir? <laughs> I just laugh, you know, because especially when I watch the clip where it's like, I would level out a hundred kindergartners. I'm wondering, what the hell were we talking about after that? (laughs) He looks at you and goes, you're worried about ducks while we're in the middle of a virus. It's kind of sad that we have a clip from a year ago talking about this pandemic. So hopefully things start to change in the horizon of 2021. But we got to move on. We got more left of the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. What's good, listeners? This is Strike Accord, and today Marissa and I will revisit memories from guest interviews from our first eight seasons of the Chris Collins Show, Millennial Talk Show. So let's get right on into it. On this day, March 29th, 2019, rising star Lily Joy joined the show to discuss her massive success from The Voice at just 15 years old. So here's Lily Joy discussing her excitement of country artist Blake Shelton buzzing the pop sensation in to be a contestant for Team Blake. How cool is it to like be able to get, you know, some feedback from Blake Shelton? Oh. You know, and like what was kind of like, you know, the oh musical ins- like what was like some of the things like he, he like he gave to you or like hey, some advice? Real fast, first off, when he hit the button and turned around, I was like, you had better pick <gasps> that button. You have no idea. You have no heck, idea. And how the heck did he not know that was Gwen Stefani? Oh, he knew. Oh, he he knew. definitely knew. You think so? oh, I, it was funny cuz people he were like, like how did he not know? Like he knew. I was tripping. No, he, de- he definitely Nobody knew. Nobody else knew. He's and nobody else hit the button, not because they didn't want you, but they knew that it was Blake's. Yes. Blake's was yours. Yes. And they weren't going <laughs> exactly. to fight it. I saw that because I, I know they wanted to hit the button and they were like, no, I can't. I exactly. Can't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean, like when I went in there, I was like, I was like, oh, John Legend. Yeah. I think I'm going to end up on John Legend's team. Like, no. <laughs> and I always like in my back, I'm like, Blake, no, I'm not going to be on Blake's team. Like, stop, stop, whatever. And then I get up there and I'm like. Oh, I'm on Blake's team now. Whoa. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I do always kind of laugh at that because she was so real in that interview about like how she felt. And I just love like when I look at her earrings, Marissa, they remind me of like GameCube CDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I always thought they were pretty groovy when I checked her out. She's but, a like, great person. Again, like. Is. I still feel like, you know, it's all for the show, especially with these big primetime shows like The Voice. I mean, obviously, you know, as she expressed on the show, she really wanted to be with John Legend. And she goes even deeper into the interview about how, you know, these producers, they'll slowly start hinting, well, well, what do you think about Blake? (laughs) And obviously, uh, it seems like the producers sort of picked the team sorry to burst a bubble uh we found that out from a 15 year old so (laughs) if you need a reliable source lily joy's the person she's a phenomenal artist and we've been lucky to have her on for multiple interviews now so go ahead and check her out on this day october 18th 2019 singer songwriter justin bernardez was in the studio talking about his latest ep proof one year later Justin Bernardes has become an internet internet sensation overnight with his series of ad libs, (laughs) racking in a following of 1 million plus followers on TikTok. So here's Justin Bernardes in the studio before his rise to fame on TikTok. Has there been anything like the worst embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you on stage where you just had to play it cool? No, thankfully, I actually don't have a single embarrassing moment that's happening. Okay, how about off stage? Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, there's got to be some fans that just (laughs) come crowding over you. I mean, they see the nice big chain. Yeah, I mean. Well, it's good, Justin. One time I was walking to the green room and a fan just like touched my hair, but I didn't know who touched my Uh, hair. I heard that's like a big no no for like black people. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't touch Yeah, it's like, no, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, white people are always like, like, hey. It's like the holy grail. Oh, yeah. I'm like, don't touch it. Literally. (laughs) 
Like you dread but it is soft, so I'm like, all it right, is. Fine, yeah, fine. I mean, I think I we love, can figure that yeah. out without having to yeah. touch it. And it's like a weird personal space that like people just don't know the fine line. No, like, honestly, it happens. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at so least, Eric, listeners just, out there, when you meet Justin, please don't touch. Yeah, his don't hair. touch his hair. Don't I mean, that's hair. not cool. You you can take a picture with him. Right. You can touch the booty. Right. No, the booty. Sorry, I won't touch playing around like that. What's good, listeners? I'm the host of the Chris Collins Show. And if you like what you see, oh, hit the funny. subscribe Look at button that below. And check us out at thechriscollinsshow.com. Peace. <laughs> you see that? You see that old logo? Like, it's so, I love seeing that because you can just see, obviously, this beautiful work that our artistic director, Jody Mahler, mm-hmm. the king of everything. I think. Yeah, That's why we pretty, call him Kratos for a reason. <laughs> but no, you know, the thing that I always laugh about that interview was for the very first time. Do you remember when he was describing how he got the chain? Oh, yeah. When I do. he went to Home Depot and he's like, Yeah, you can you just wrap this chain around me? <laughs> and he like, just got, he just made a song and it um, played on 92.3. That's I right. Uh, and it's fabulous. Please check out his first single ever. Um, this guy is also going to be on our radio. We're going to be hearing a lot from Justin Bernardes. Like, he's on it's so movie. true. And he's one of the most down-to-earth artists that I've ever interviewed on Strike Accord. And his TikTok fame hasn't changed the man from being himself. So I think that is so, so So on this day, October 9th, 2020 vocalist and guitarist omar feliciano from the phoenix within joined strike a chord to show us that you can be a musician but continue to learn every day like writing a chord of books uh that you don't even know music theory to so check this out this is really really funny <laughs> hold on i'm getting there there you go, fam. Yo, 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 what's up with the biz, yo? <laughs> well, we're beyond stoked to have you on the Strike Accord because, you know, really what this whole segment is all about is bringing the listening audience brand new music. If you actually physically or digitally pick up that record, you're going to know these tracks. And This year I wrote and published my first book ever. Wow. I had to go back and listen to all the songs, and that was an experience for me because I had to relearn songs that I don't perform anymore. Uh, this particular album is fully acoustic and now I'm fully, you know, I'm a full band now. So I was like, you know, I'm going to write a chord book. Um, and it was the first thing ever, you know, when COVID first started, I was like, this is what I'm going to put my energy to. So I, in this case, I had to go back and listen to my shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, that's so fascinating. I mean, you, you just said some of your old band members are huge fans of Lamb of God. I mean, I was just listening to Mark Morton when they were getting ready for their live stream for Ashes of the Wake you know, the 15th year or 16th year anniversary, they were like, dude, I had no idea how to play our old music and thank the Lord for our fans on ultimateguitar.com where we can tab to our music. Isn't that pretty fascinating how there's such diehard groups? And I think that's cool that you're getting into that world because let me ask you this. I mean, do you know music theory? I don't, but I'll tell you this. But you wrote a chord book. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's what really sparked it. So, I work in a college. So I, I have a bachelor's now in biology and I work for the biology department at your college. Shut up. No way. Um, in biology? <laughs> yeah. You think you write a book? Biology? I don't know. Who are you? Are you? I mean, I think you I, are I, Superman. I just, like, sat at home and got fat. Like, that's all I did in COVID. I knew it wasn't writing no books. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously, uh, Marissa, as a musician who's self-taught, it's so true what Omar is saying. And I've learned to play music by ear or learned to read guitar tabs. And I know, like, the basic idea of uh, reading notes, but I couldn't follow along with an orchestra. So, okay, let's so be I, real. <laughs> I bought his book because I want to learn to play the guitar. I have an acoustic that was my grandpa's. And I was like, oh, perfect. I opened this up and I was like, what the f am i looking at because i'm used to reading like music for like piano or like yeah. singing you know what i mean i was like what the f like I yeah, you're like what are these six <laughs> lines and what are all these numbers am i reading morse code it's like no the guitar taps it tells you where to put your finger on the fretboard so yeah. that's really the coolest thing about you have it to know and- the fretboard though like you have to also know the fretboard well it's not that hard you know okay. obviously at the top it's one Two, three, four, five, six. Okay, well, I didn't know this. I didn't know this stuff. Well, obviously, (laughs) this is what I want the listeners to walk away from. 
hold out before you close me out. I want, you know, <laughs> no, seriously, listeners, if there's anything you walk away from this, there's still time to try something new and learn to play a new instrument during your time in lockdown. So Marissa, now I'm ready. You can hit me with the swish. <laughs> On this day, October 30th, 2020, rocking with us all the way from Manila, Philippines, was Tiana Kutcher, who woke up for her first college course of the day at midnight. <laughs> I don't know too many people who are that ambitious like her. But here is Tiana Kutcher calling for Apple and Spotify to respect the independent artist. I get very concerned with the future of new artists in this decade. And when I say that, I say, do you find audio streaming services such as Apple Music and Spotify doing enough to support the artist? No, and I was just talking to a couple of friends about it. And there's actually this thing going on on Instagram where a lot of artists are reposting this like picture where it says um, to ask Spotify to make every stream be worth a penny. At least. Yeah. At least. At least. And so, you know, obviously this whole artist supporting artists thing is great. And ever since the pandemic, like, you know, we've come together, but I just really wish that these like major platforms just really realize what's in it for independent artists. Cause not right. all of us have like, label backing. I mean, it's so true, Marissa. And I, I want the listeners to hear, hear me out on this because Goldman Sachs released a report on May 14, 2020, predicting in the year 2030 that the music industry will see its revenue double from $77 billion to $144 billion. So listeners, I think that we can all agree and Marissa that pay the artists their fair share of the pie. So what's your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, it used to be, well, look, the um, internet streaming was building your fan base who will then go to your yeah. concerts, buy your merch, and that's how you made money. Well, with COVID, that killed that industry. So you even have people who are big names now really rethinking how they're getting compensated for having their music downloadable and what that means. And it needs to happen. I mean, like, I, I don't mind buying a digital album. I don't mind paying that penny that if it goes to the artist. You know, I mean, like, that's that's kind of my think on it. We need to help out. No, it's true. I mean, even when uh, concerts do come back, yeah, you're going to see on merch tables the typical CD bundles and et cetera, but LPs have now outpaced CDs. It's because no one's actually using CDs anymore in your car because hopefully you're not driving a Ford Explorer like myself and only have a CD. Most people have the luxury of uh, maybe sticking uh, a Bluetooth speaker in the back of your car and then like, just start streaming only, from your phone. I only buy CDs <laughs> if it's like my friend's band to help support. Like my, my ex just dropped a brand new album, Car Bombs in Babylon, One Way System. You know, I mean, I got the CD and like, you know, it's there. I have it, but I'm a digital person. I like to download my music. It's true. I mean, that is the future. Obviously, we're going to see people go there. So I think it's fair to say Tiana Kutcher's on to something. One penny a stream, I think, is very fair to the artist. So on this day, July 10th, 2020, from across the pond, <laughs> UK singer Paige Cavell joined Strike Accord, sharing her voice about the impact COVID-19 has had on musicians thriving to play live music in the United Kingdom. So here's the clip right about now. And I love asking this question right now because how far would you go to start playing live music again? That's a hard no, I'm seeing. This is, it's just, oh, it's difficult. I think, first of all, I feel we don't fully know the full story behind this virus yet. And I think, you know, my family and I, we're still taking social distancing quite seriously, wearing masks when we go out to the shops, etc. And obviously, lots of people have lost their lives to this virus. So it's pretty serious. Um, but at the same time, obviously, I'd love to perform live. And I think if it gets to that point where we can safely do so, maybe an outside venue, and mm. they manage to split it off in certain ways, then, you know, I'd be down for it. But I think for right now, it still seems a bit uncertain. But I saw one of um, my, uh, a girl I met at uh, a summer camp in LA, Berkeley, 
uh, she has just started doing um, drive-through concerts <laughs> in LA. Wow. And I'm like, that is the best idea. <laughs> well, it, it might, oh, here, I gotta turn my video on. Here we go. <laughs> but it might feel like it's the best idea. It might feel like the only option because I know if you're in New York and you want Governor Cuomo to invite you to one of these pop-up events, well, good luck because you're gonna need to be a Chris Rock or Amy Schumer to even <laughs> be able to hit that main stage. So you might have to pull the wings Paige Cavell mm -hmm. and get yourself a van and drive across the country. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, stop by and play at the most hottest venue. Well, now with maybe the, the Stonehenge, uh, right? But now with the Brexit deal, musicians yeah. and artists in the UK are trying to refigure this out because they're being taxed if they're coming over to do music. They can't have their instruments if they're trying to do it like under the radar. Uh, yeah. It's now expensive. It is no longer a free for all in the EU because of Brexit. So interested to see what happens when we bring her back on the show next year. That's so true. And also, um, it's been officially now, Marissa, a one full year. I saw Machine Head live out at the House of Blues of Anaheim. Do you remember your last uh, show that you went to? Mm -hmm. It's been one full year for me. I saw it in, uh, I think I the, last. the the day be after. I think, album. honestly, I think I saw my friend's band, Badass, that we had had on. Oh, yeah. They're that an awesome was group. The last one, it was in a bar out in L.A., and um, I think that was the last one. I think I drank. I sing along to some of their little fun little pops, hang out with some friends. You know friends, what? This is the sad part. It. You got a brain fuzz about your last time going it's to a concert. And I don't like that because it has been that long. That is so sad. And hopefully, hopefully we get that, uh, that feeling of feeling the bass hit your chest. And then we can all join in, in together. Bye. <laughs> I gotta move on but I, I love this because on this day may 29th 2020 the blowies brought the absurd to absurdity premiering their brand new single cdc and informing our listeners how the punk duo formed a band between mini sex dolls roll the clip marissa we 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 play in, in another project together um which is not uh, a political band and we were on the road and we ended up staying at uh, this guy's place in West Texas. Was it West, West Texas? No, it was like, it was like out in Beaumont. Oh, East Texas. It was East Texas, right? In Towards Beaumont. Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> East Texas. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they put us up for the night and we got, we got to the guy's place and he just had all sorts of sex doll memorabilia all over the house, <laughs> wow. including a blow up doll in an American flag, like Rocky style boxers, you know, <laughs> in one of the beds we were staying. <laughs> I love that. That would creep the hell out of me. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, how rock and roll is that? I mean, literally <laughs> their name. Uh, I, I think they're just honest people, right? I think, and I think they were our first music, music um, record chord guest when we went onto the bunker, weren't they? Because look at our yeah, background. I mean, uh, right. Yeah, I mean, background, but no green screen. I got some weird wallpaper happening. You're in like the <laughs> banner. No, I know, right? I put the banner, you know, in my inside my studio. I'm on a MacBook 2011, but obviously we found out real quick within the first months, like, man, the camera quality is so bad. Then I got an awesome team within the CCS family hooking me up. So I'm able to set up a camcorder. Now I look so beautiful today. <laughs> now you can see the nice shiny glow in the waves of my hair. But I, I mean, I just love taking a look back at those, those clips, Marissa, because truly this wasn't easy for us to have to make this adjustment, uh, especially going remote. Uh, it's, it's a lot different vibe when you're not able to, uh, you know, because obviously you got to leave room for people to speak and we don't want to be stacking on top of each other. And we don't have that luxury uh, in an in-studio house to be able to kind of monitor the levels and et cetera. So this was such a learning curve for all of us, but I think it's only enhanced what we've always wanted to do with the Chris Collins show. And that is being a video on air production. So we're very excited for the future. And I know you wanted to say something. I right do, now, so I don't want to jump on your uh, tongue. 
Uh, yeah. That came out weird. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want to say the beautiful part about going online strictly is we've been able to reach out to guests around yeah. the world and have that experience in where when we were in the radio show, that was only a little bit happening. We were doing Skyping people in, there was a phone call, but we didn't really have that like, okay, this reach out worldwide. And I think this has been my favorite part about the, um, the bunker edition is we so are true. worldwide now. And they were uh, one of our more popular strike accord interviews to date on the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show. And I know Marissa and I were very excited to announce that the Blowies will be our inaugural guest for our brand new podcast series called Off the Fret. More music, more music talk scheduled to launch next month. So take a look out for that. <laughs> All right, this is what's good, because if you go on channels 2 through 11, there's so much negativity online and on your on your telly 24-7. <laughs> so Marissa and I, we find the most positive inside scoop that you need to know this week. So yesterday, February 18th, the largest, most advanced rover NASA has sent to another world touchdown on Mars, which is insane because after a 203-day journey traversing 293 million miles, <laughs> I can't even think, is the globe even that? long marissa i have no idea 293 <laughs> million miles like that's really far like that's far okay it's far, well, but our globe at least marissa's the one that's smarter than me on this on this point but just imagine going straight for 293 million miles that's insane but the confirmation of the successful touchdown was announced in mission control at nasa's jet propulsion laboratory in southern california at 12 55 p.m pacific standard time packed with groundbreaking technology the mars 2020 mission launched on july 30th 2020 marking an ambitious first step in the effort to collect mars samples and return them to earth so marissa i know that you're very excited about this landing and do you have faith that nasa will find microorbital life on mars okay not only do i have faith that they are gonna find it they're gonna oh, show that there, there was there was water on mars yes they're gonna find out there was water on water on mars we already know that they're gonna find the microorganisms uh, gonna have there was life on mars what i am interested in knowing <laughs> Are they going to find out that we came from Mars, destroyed our Mars planet, flew to Earth, right? And then because like it's been like, you know, millions of years, forgot that we came oh. from Mars, right? I just need to know, like, how, where do, you know, where do we come from? Well, you know, I know that we want to keep the positive vibes. And I know you mentioned water, but I have to always laugh about this because I know they get so obsessed with like the tear. Oh, you're jumping to this already. Okay, let, let's talk about this. The reason we're showing this is this is an illustration of what this brand new rover, Perseverance, has attached to it. So this is a miniature Mars helicopter that NASA will attempt to become the first powered controlled flight on another planet. Uh, that is kind of wild. So when you're driving around going to Big Five and you get that $40 drone, maybe you might be Here. NASA's brand new I wanna, helicopter I be pilot. I want to be the astronaut that flies the drone. <laughs> but you know what's kind of crazy about it is? What? Like, how do they uh, know how that flies? Because when I was watching it yesterday, they mm -hmm. didn't. it took them 11 minutes to confirm that the rover actually touched down on Mars. So imagine the delay of flying oh, yeah. that bad boy. That's, <laughs> That's why kind of I, insane. I mean, it's a very skilled person flying that rover along with like probably a team of them. Right. And the pressure on that, don't crash, don't you crash, don't you do it. <laughs> it's pretty intense, but it's awesome. I'm excited. It's so true. And according to NASA, the rover will characterize the planet's geology and past climate and be the first mission to collect and cache Martian rock, paving the way for human exploration of the red planet. And I want to give a huge shout out to my active listeners. Believe me, like Marissa and I, we cannot thank you enough because 
this show wouldn't be possible without you and also our many interns who have joined on to the CCS family because honestly you know making this transition of a move Marissa going remotely not seeing your face maybe that's actually a good idea because I know you wanted to touch Justin Bernardes's booty maybe we need to I have to be careful I'm gonna get sued for sexual harassment because I'm like oh you got a nice booty so we're gonna have to keep you in quarantine and keep everybody out the door. But <laughs> but I do want to uh, let everybody know that we're excited to announce that Vox film critic and CCS contributor Alyssa Wilkinson will be joining us next Friday to forecast the best films nominated at the Golden Globes this year. And if you like what you're listening to, go to thechriscollinshow.com and become a member today and get that free CCS T-shirt. Much love, fam. <laughs> I'll see you around next week. Peace. Our brand new podcast off the fret. I love it. It's more time to chat. <laughs> Hello. You would look so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, <laughs> so um, are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? Oh, everything is everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Brand new podcast off the fret. So excited. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to... <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace. <laughs>